Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door Beat out old trouble on drum Beat out old trouble on drum Beat out old trouble on drum And kick all trouble out the door Beat me that rhythm on the drum Beat me Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org. A.U. Young Jane has come in from the front desk to help us poor people as her right royal highness Dale Bridge is indisposed. I assume she's counting her money. But, uh, you know, being a queen, yeah, obviously she's got other things to do. And uh, I'm not even playing around with the word queen. Now, we have a guest today as usual. We have Mr Peter Roville. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Joe. Nice to meet you. You got notes? Yeah, I've been told about that. To screw them up. Is that right? Exactly. Well, you don't need notes with me. Just put them, put them aside. <laughs> put them aside. You don't look demented to me. <laughs> well, well, we'll just would, check on that. Others would say differently. I yeah, think. What, what year were you born? I was born in 1950. 50. Mm-hmm. Well, you may be demented. I was born in 51. So <laughs> we've got two old blokes. Talking about the good old days, Mr. Peter Roville and <laughs> Dr. Joe Toscano, telling them how wonderful it was, eh? Now, what <laughs> it was too. It was too. There we go. What What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth, Peter? Um, well, I can't remember a lot <laughs> when I was uh, the first place that I lived in with uh, Mum and Dad, and yeah, uh, at yeah. that time there were my elder sister and my brother. Uh-huh. But my mother always said to me, she said, and I remember this was the time that they lost me and didn't know where I was. They lost you? Well, uh, you know, during the morning, during the afternoon. I was but only, they lost you? I was only four years old. You were four? Yeah. And they lost you? Yeah. I mean, you lose a shoe or a <laughs> jumper. But you're quite right. It was common to lose kids in those days, wasn't it? Well, I think it was those days. It was just see you at tea time. That's right, yeah. But, so um, what, you didn't turn up for tea or something? You no, no, I ended up, I turned up and I turned up with a bucket of frogs. Bucket of frogs? Yeah. yeah. So I'd been... Uh, oh, this is ridiculous. I should, I should be the one. Is that your phone or mine? It's mine. No, not mine. Now, I shouldn't have a phone on. I mean, I should not have a phone on. And guess what? It's one of those horrible people that want to sell you stuff. You wouldn't believe it, would you? No, I, mean, I, I would. get them all the time. Have you get them all the time? No, I get them all the time. That's no, so a bucket of frogs. So how could a young lad who was four get a bucket of frogs? You know, you must live in the country, did you? No, no. It was actually, from what Mum told me, it was uh, around the gutters of a football ground. Gutter? What football ground? Hyatt. Hyatt. Yes. I know Hyatt very well. Yeah. Which football ground? 
Uh, well, it was a cricket ground more so that cricket my ground. old man ended up playing yeah, cricket yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. a very good cricketer too. Yeah. Where in Hyatt? You remember the road? Uh, we, we lived in Pierce Street. Pierce Street, right. But I can't remember the road of the football. No. It might have been Turner Road. Turner Road, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in those days, Hyatt would have been the outer, outer, outer suburbs. Getting, getting towards, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Are your parents still alive? Dad died about, he'd be 100 at the moment, so that's right. about, he died at 87, so what's right. that, 13 years ago. 13 so. years ago, and mum? Mum's 90, oh, she, she won't be listening, but she's either 95 or 96. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and still kicking. And still at home. Still at home. Yeah, independent for herself. And, uh, right, right. Except for her eyesight, which is right. a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing pretty well. Mm. So she, she beat Merca Moore, who made 90. So she's doing well. Okay. Well, she's doing very well. What? Look, I can ask you this because she's not listening. What type of parents were they? Oh, they've been wonderful parents. Good parents. Wonderful parents. My my dad was um, very much into into helping others, and mm-hmm. uh, and mum was. Um, I think she, all of us kids, go trouble at some stage or other. But right. you know, I, I'd always describe her as very courageous, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, she's always involved herself with church activities and. Uh, right. Were they born in Melbourne or did they immigrate here? Uh, born in born in Melbourne. Mum was from the country and uh, and Dad was from uh, Dad was born in Turak, I believe. Turak, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, where did their parents? Grand- did you ever meet your grandparents? Um, my mum's mother, mm-hmm. I knew very well because I used to holiday holiday there in the country. And where was that? Up in Rutherglen. Rutherglen. The wine country. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They even had wine then, didn't they? Yeah, they had flagons of it. Flagons, that's right. <laughs> Which you helped, helped them lighten the load, I assume. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Rutherglen. People don't understand that we've had a wine industry for over a century. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah I think in those days when, when I was about 15 or 16, I think all the, all the bikes still... They just drank beer, even though the wine was there. So yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. changed around a bit, obviously. Yeah, remember Stones Green Ginger Wine? That was the big thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a few old ones, wasn't there? You know, if you wanted to impress somebody, you'd bring a bottle of Stones Green Ginger Wine Stones to the party. Oh, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember a few of the. It wasn't even like the girls drunk yeah. spumanti and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's flagons, flagons. You're quite right. All right. Um, so you said your father was a bit of a cricketer. He was, yeah. He was he was a pretty gifted cricketer, mm-hmm. and uh, as a batsman, and um, he played on till he's about oh, in his nose days, and in, at over fifty, he was over playing 50. football, a uh, cricket rather. Yeah, still and great. Uh, he played grade cricket, did he? Or um, he played. Mm. Um, uh, not district cricket, but it was sort of grade cricket of some sort right, in that right. southeastern area. Southeastern yeah. area, but yeah. it, was, it was something for him to do. What work did he do? Dad was in the bank. In the bank. Right. Yeah. Right. And your mum, she worked at home, or she? Mum was mainly at home, yeah. so I can't recall if she uh, did some sort no, of work prior to that. But no with days. six kids, it was uh, pretty well looking yeah, after. It is. All That's what I mean. I mean, the division of labour was pretty strict in those days, and obviously you. Um, 
you know, you could live on one wage, which is not like today, isn't it? That's right. Old, old Dad, I always remember a story with Dad at the bank, and uh, I won't say which bank, but uh, <laughs> that, uh, he actually, I remember, remember the story well, that there was some fellow that was coming into the bank that uh, they had their eyes on. He'd oh, been right. known, to, uh-huh. known to be fleecing the bank of some sort, and uh-huh. uh, anyway, noticed him, and uh, the fellow had sort of took fright, Yep. And he went down on the, on the little Collins or little Burke Street, and uh-huh. Dad chased him down and actually uh, got him down on the road and oh, held right. him back until yeah, the coppers yeah. arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, he thought he did did the right thing, and yeah. the bank came back about two weeks later, and they gave him a commendation uh-huh. for what he did and presented him with uh, a new Palaco shirt because of the Palaco shirt he lost. Was ripped off him at the time, so <laughs> pretty generous of him, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, the old Palaco sign up at Richmond and the Palaco <laughs> shirts. I remember that. I actually lived in a squat, I think, in the seventies under the Palaco sign up there on the hill, Richmond Hill. But that's another story. I'm sure a young man like you wouldn't be squatting. So, where'd you go to primary school? I went to primary school at uh, Holy Cross, Holy which Cross. was in. Um, uh, virtually Glen Hutley Road here. Oh, right. Did, or did just down from Glen Hutley Road. The church right. was in Glen Hutley Road. Right. So was your family religious? Did they go to church on Sunday? Or My mum was mm-hmm. um, at the time and when Dad, Dad got married. It was virtually that he had to, in those days, you had to become a Catholic That's to sort right. of... Yeah. So I think he was mm. not as... Uh, mm. not as um, well, not, What's the word? Wasn't very happy, but uh, oh, well, he, he he was happy to do it, but he he, he wasn't as strong a Catholic at all as no, as no, Mum was at the time. No, but it grew it grew on him over. It's funny, isn't it? In those days, the mixed marriages were Catholics and Protestants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know what a mixed marriage is today. I saw I saw one of these couples on, on Saturday. I was shocked. I was at the football watching the Richmond Western Bulldogs uh, game. I don't go off for maybe once a year. Mm. And lo and behold, sits next to me a couple. One's dressed in Richmond colours and one's dressed in Western Bulldogs colours. Could you imagine what it's like in that household, this couple? Unbelievable. That's what I call a mixed marriage, 21st century mixed marriage. That's, that's disgusting. I mean, I, I, look, I, I, look, I don't care what religion, nationality, colour, culture... But a mixed football match—that's that's disaster. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, we had a bit of that at at home. What do you mean? What's like, what, what went on? Well, <laughs> we're all Collingwood fans, and yeah. the old man was Collingwood, yeah. and uh, but we were we weren't fanatical. Well, but I, I did have a sister that was uh, mad on St Kilda, and uh, she used to she wave the flags at the back of the goals and things no, like that. So no. we weren't going to fight my sister, were we? No, 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 no. But I mean, well, at least you weren't married to her. You can understand in a family, but actually making a conscious decision to actually form a union with somebody who supports another football club, I mean, that, that that's sick. Yeah. I mean, I re- what do you reckon, Peter? I reckon that's sick. Oh, uh, well... You forgive, uh, do you? I, I forgive because I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not a passionate supporter of passionate. football. So you didn't excel at sport at primary school or anything like that? Or you just at primary school? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't a champion runner or anything? Well, I could probably tell you something. But, uh, no, well, tell I, us, tell I, us. I was, I was given a commendation once by my mates. Yeah. By your mates? Oh, this only came about <laughs> because I got a commendation recently at work. 
Uh-huh. And one of my colleagues sent me an email to say congratulations and uh-huh. followed up with, they said, you know, I've never had a commendation in my life. Uh-huh. And I said, well, that's probably the only one I can remember, except then I went back to him a bit later and I said, I do remember one. Yeah. That was at uh, primary school in the old days. and uh, With the, uh, well, probably been a bit vulgar here, but... Yeah. With the ablution blocks that oh, they yes, used to yes, call yes. them over in those days. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we used to have a bit of a contest with the young lads to see if we could pee over the top of the wall. And you did. And I did. We tried to land <sighs> on the girls, of course. And if right. you got the nuns, it was a, a bonus. A bonus. <laughs> so that was my only commendation that I'd received. Well, until we'll talk about the one at work later on. <laughs> All right, so you graduated from primary school, just another little bugger in, you know, from Hyatt. Where did you go to secondary college? I went to um, CBC St Kilda. CPC, what does that stand for? CBC, it was... Uh, Christian Brothers. Some called it Crybabies College. And Crybabies College. But it, it was Christian Brothers College. Christian yes. Brothers College. In where? St Kilda. Ah, oh, St Kilda. What in was West, like? Uh, that would be in the 60s. You know, it wasn't, wasn't yeah, easy. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, they were, they were pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, it was pretty rough and ready. I think... And unless you were smart and got scholarships, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, to tell you the truth, I didn't enjoy my time. Didn't enjoy greatly it. there. I didn't hate it, but I didn't right. totally enjoy it. I don't think I learned a lot. Right. Uh, learning right. French or Latin didn't help me much. But mm. did, did you finish Year Twelve or? Uh, I got to, I got to what they call leaving certificate. Mm. And Was then, that Year Ten or Eleven? Uh, I think it's could be 11, I think. 11, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, ne- I never got on to the next step of matriculation. Right. And so, I only wish I, the old man had to push me yeah. and got on to uni because I would have loved to have been a, a doctor, a surgeon. I would have mm. loved to have done that. Mm. But well, I didn't. You didn't. No. Well, don't worry. It's all right. Doesn't matter, does it? You didn't matter. You can't spilt milk, can you? Doesn't matter. I've still, no. I've still had a job over, Christ, now, 50 mm. years nearly. Yeah. 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 50 years, yes. Well, that's good. So, so you'd be what, 16, 17 when you left high school? Uh, yes, and yep. It would have been what, 67? 67, yeah. In my maths, yeah. yeah. 67. So, what does a young man who's 17 facing the draft in a few years' time leaves high school at year 11? What do you do? Um, well, I wanted to go up to Queensland with my mates and have a holiday. Failed yeah, around gap year, for, six, gap year. for six months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as uh, as we mostly did with the kids, we would go up and stay with my nana up yeah. in Rutherglen straight after yeah. school finished at the end of the year and uh, back to school sort of thing. So we might have a month or so up there. Yeah. But uh, the old man found me a job in the public service. Didn't take long, did it? And he yeah. had me on the... I can always remember being on the train and me... Nana dressed me in a suit. In a suit? In a yeah. suit at Springhurst, job, yeah. Springhurst, Springhurst Station, right. heading yeah. to Melbourne for me. And can I ask whether it's state, state or federal public service? Federal. Federal. That's, that's a, he must have known how to pull a few strings, your old man. Yeah, he, he, it wasn't that easy getting to the federal public service in 1967 from year 11. Yeah, well, and he did too. He must have pulled a few strings. He mate. did. He knew a mate that uh, knew worked a mate in there. Knew and yeah, maybe, he was, maybe he, was, he was glad he was a Catholic. He was a Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were two sides then, Joe. Yeah, yeah that's know. the way it worked. It was the funny handshakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't amazing also, was he? 
not sure. Not sure there. No. Yeah, it's not the type of thing you kind of told the kids in those days, was it? No, no. You know, he just disappeared for the for the afternoon or the night, and you'd come home, and that's you, right. You didn't ask your old man what was he doing, would you? No, never. No, no. 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 All right. So I got away with a with a uh, a trip to Sydney with the boys, and as we usually do, like car. Trump. No, up, the, up in the southern Aurora, remember the yeah, old yeah, southern the old Aurora? Southern Aurora. We'd stay yeah, up yeah. in Sydney and the old uh, fake stay leather seats, Guji Beach, and uh-huh. so forth like that. But uh, I think that was roughly about the time when uh, there was call up with that's right. the Vietnam War. That's right. You were a little bit young, but uh, you didn't go to university, so uh, yeah. Did you? Did you? Um, were you aware what was going on at the minute regarding the moratoriums and the anti-war movement, or? I knew we had a fellow at work, um, and he was a conscientious, conscientious objector. Yep. And um, look, I think the majority of us sort of thought, you know, you're weak, you're this, you're that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and I was just young and stupid at the time. Right. And right, uh, right. but I do remember when they were going through the call out time, coming back on that train mm-hmm. with three mates, and we got the paper, yep. and we all got called up. All of you. Yep. All of us. Yeah. Well, that's bloody bad luck, man. So we're a bit. We thought that we're a bit. That is bad. Scared. That is bad luck. Yeah. I mean, because what, what was it? One in ten or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And the three of you got three or four of you were there. Uh, three. Three. All of you called. Three. Yeah. How old were you then? Nineteen. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. And obviously, you didn't have any wiggle room because you weren't a university student. No. Or did no. your old man put put you in the seminary to become a <laughs> priest or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you'd do that. So, so what happened? Did you? Well, as it turned out, Joe, um, I can remember the three of us had to go down and get our medical um, test before yep. we could sort of go through with that. And yep. it was down in Flinders Street, just on the corner of um, Elizabeth Street. Yep. And you know, I know I was just wild and stupid at the time sort of thing and yep. talking about going over there and we'll do yeah. this and that. And Killing everybody. Yeah, yeah ridiculous. And uh, funny enough, a bloke tapped me on the shoulder and yeah. he said, do you really want to go? And I said, well, you know, does it matter? We've got to serve the country, that <laughs> type of thing. And yeah. and he said, well, have a think about it. But he said, if you don't want to go, I'll show you what to do. Right. Was this one of the people who was actually doing the processing? or No, it was just someone out of the blue. Out of the blue. Yep. Right. And so he showed me. And then I showed the other two. Can you, can you tell us what he showed you? He told me to nick, just nick myself under my thumb right. so I can get some blood to stream out right. when they ask you to urinate in the, the little bowl. Ah! And so we thought we'd just do it as a laugh. Yeah. So we did it. Yeah. And they're up on the, about 40 of us. Yeah. There were three little pink ones. Right. <laughs> And about two weeks later, we got letters to say we failed the medicals. Well, you must have been distraught. Well, I wasn't distraught when I, f- <laughs> I started to think about things then. I thought when I read the paper and thinking about what's going what on, what it'd be like, yeah. you know. So who was this bloke? He just what? He I just, don't know. He just turned up on the day. He was just there. He, he was just, there. You think he, he only spoke to me capacity? by myself? Yeah, he wasn't there in official capacity. I don't know, don't know. And he must have looked at me, perhaps, and maybe thought, you're not a big bloke. This big won't survive, so. Yeah. (laughs) 
right. But that's what happened. And, uh, um, did you tell anybody? God bless him. Was this yeah. the first time you've told somebody? No, no, I told, told a lot of mates, yeah, you yeah. know, over the years. That's, yeah. that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. And, so uh, you're weak like that conscientious objector, obviously. Well, I told, <laughs> uh, one of the conscientious objectors that I worked with, um, yeah. we became long-term mates right. over the years and yeah. Uh, yeah. wonderful fellow. Mm. Yeah. So I learned a lot from him and, right. and my brother-in-law too. He was, he was very much that way. Right. I wasn't. I was just right. naive, naive, I suppose. Naive. Okay. So what, you're about 20 now, aren't you? Back in the public service? Yeah. My first year there, I hated it. Right. Like you wouldn't believe. And, um, Oh, it's a job it paid. You would have got at least seventy bucks a week, wouldn't you? Uh, it was. I can tell you, my first pay it was yeah. forty-eight bucks a fortnight. Yeah, short fortnight. You've been shortchanged, there, mate. <laughs> You've been an apprentice or something. I was getting seventy bucks a week, <laughs> but I was working in a steel factory. Mate, it was a bit different there. Okay. Yeah, okay. I thought I was rich beyond belief. Well, you needed that to go down to the old the old Elms Hotel, which was frequented by many. Was it? In those days. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so what was life like for a, a young man in his early 20s, you know, in the early 70s in Melbourne? What was life like for you? Well, it was pretty straightforward, I think, Joe. Like, you know, insofar as what was around town wasn't a much. You mm. know, the, you, if you could get a candle and just say, you're doing pretty well. And mm. We used to go down to the Continental occasionally and mm. things of that nature. But basically my life was um, turned up to work. And then go on a footy training because I played with the VFA side. Excuse me. For Excuse me. You played with the VFA side? Yeah. The VSA, VFA was huge in those days. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was. Yeah, the VFA was hadn't actually taken over at that stage. No, I think they, they sort of took us over when they pinched the, the Sundays. That's that, right. That well, we had. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So, because so, I... Re- Look, I've never, I never went to these matches, but I've heard that you get twenty to twenty-five thousand people at a. VFA oh, you, match. you could. Yeah, some of the finals that yeah. uh, were played, you'd get a, a fair yeah. crowd. Yeah. Big crowd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 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 amazing. So, what club did you play with? I played with uh, Caulfield, which was Caulfield. Uh, yep, yep. which was the Bears, and yep, uh, yep. and they had the famous Bears Cave, which was probably renowned as one or one of the only. Night venues to go on a, on a Sunday night and Bears the, Cave, the Bears Cave, and we had some what, some social lights there of, well, you from the, all types. Well, you tipped the tipped the light, fantastic, would you? At, at the Bears Cave, uh, it was it was. I must admit, I probably wasn't big on the the drink right in those days, but uh, 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 I heard a lot of stories. All right, so, so what position did you play? Oh, well, my size, I was basically uh, Crummer, you, or Rover and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and so forth. But, you yeah. know, made me way up through the ranks of under-17s. And uh, mm. you played in the Melbourne Boys League under that and mm. uh, picked up a best and fairest in there, but I've never kept any trophies because I'm not, not that way inclined. Oh, but uh, in 73, I think it was, we uh, the club I didn't play, I was injured, but... Um, we won five premierships that year. Five premierships. So did pretty well. Oh, yeah. But it was basic in, in some of the things we had. I, mm. I, I can recall one day a couple of funny things did happen, but uh, one that I always remembered was uh, a fellow that hurt himself rather badly for the opposition, mm-hmm. and so the stretch was called out. Right. And uh, there was a bit of panic because we couldn't find the stretcher. Or right. 
our medicos couldn't yeah. and this bloke was writhing in pain in yeah. pain and yeah. no one wanted to move him move him sort of thing so what could we do so they improvised and uh, they brought out a door yeah that's, that's pretty common and yeah. they put him on the door and unfortunately when he got to the to the, the last little the, the runway or what do they call he it he fell the, off he slipped off <laughs> Hopefully he didn't have a fraction that became a quadruplet. I didn't actually see it, but I believe that's exactly what happened. So how, how, um, how long did you play football for? Um, I, Joe, I started in about 1965, and I probably finished up uh, how old, 15. So I finished up in about when I was about 26. I had a few injuries. I got a, had a had a couple of concussions that were mm. sort of, and a couple of uh, leg injuries and so forth. Oh, so incredible. I had to give it away. But yeah, nobody cared about concussion in those days, did they? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Sit out no. within an hour, There's a half of, an hour. There's a lot of things that uh, mm. they didn't have the um, mm. the brains that they got these days. But I remember I got a cork leg right on the side on a real. Real, a real shocker, and I thought, oh. anyway, uh, our full forward, who's a, he's a bit of a terror. He said to me, he said, don't worry about it. He said, uh, my <laughs> uncle's, uh, my uncle's the medico in in there today, so he'll fix you up. Yeah. And uh, turned out he was drunk, yeah. but also he put me under the heat lamp, yeah. and it was obviously the worst thing he yeah. could do. Yeah. Yeah. And we usually always went out and had beers. Right. As we did, and all I can remember was uh, being in some hospital in Brighton with uh, these huge blisters on you, big straws hanging out my leg. They just yeah. drained out two pints of blood, and yeah, yeah. lucky enough to keep my leg. So, yeah. oh, you did well. Thanks. So, Rick. were you still working during this period? You were playing yeah. football and working. Yeah. So there really wasn't much time for anything else, was there? Not really. No. Not a lot. No. You said you're still in the same job you started off as a youngster, are you? Yeah, I started off uh, working with, uh, we were in the, uh, a property group for the government. Yep. Which was like a, uh, looked after all the department's needs in those days. Right. Um, and yeah, I was there and, oh, I didn't progress too much up the, up the line. Just, it was mm. basically do your work and yeah. off you go and mm. have a few dollars to play. As right. I say, uni would have been the go. Right. And uh, were, you, the day, were you still at home at 26, or did you leave reasonably early? No, I left. I left at about 23 when um, my now brother-in-law introduced mm. me to my beautiful wife. Mm. Got a picture of her if you want to see. Oh, I'm happy to see her, but I don't think anybody else can no, see. No, it's no, no point later on. Yeah, later on, mate. There's no point. You know, That's no, all right. Nobody's one. One, nobody's listening to us. <laughs> two, nobody's looking at us. So it doesn't really matter. Just think of us as two old blokes kind of having, having a, a beer over having the a bar. beer and a chat. You okay. know. Yeah. Look, it's uh, 4:29. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CM, and I'm Joseph Rascar. I'm interviewing Mr. Peter Roville, who's been on this planet for almost 70 years, 68 actually. And he's come in to talk to us about his life. Now, this all sounds very um, predictably boring, apart from the football. So, uh, how well, I, so you got married, obviously, and you got kids, I assume. I should have told you in the first place it was going to be boring, but uh, no, no, a no, friend no, of mine no. did put me up to this to sort yeah, of... Yeah, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Look, most lives, and that includes mine and yours, we just we go through the motions. 
that on. And we get to an age and we think, what's happened? Okay. Where's it all gone? Now you're in your mid twenties, you've met your lovely wife. Yep. Obviously you got, you got hitched up. You haven't divorced yet, have you, or anything? I mean, uh, I made the mistake of last well, year. anyway. Well, you yeah. have divorced. <laughs> <laughs> She'd probably, I'd probably hope so. But, uh, <laughs> well, you haven't no, divorced. I made the mistake last week of Forty odd years. Asking this bloke, and he had divorced, which was oh. very embarrassing on air. So, <laughs> <laughs> you see, I know nothing about you. I do no research whatsoever. No. On purpose. I understand. It's, it's fresh. Yeah. All right, so. Here you are, you're in your mid-twenties, you're married, obviously you've got a mortgage, have you, by now? Yeah, the mortgage, and um, mm. I was married for, uh, well, for ten years, we couldn't have kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that must have been me firing, right. firing uh, sawdust or whatever it is. Yeah, blanks, they say, firing blanks. blanks. Yeah, yeah, firing blanks, yeah. and um, and fortunately for us, mm. we, were, we had the opportunity of adopting a, uh, a young fellow. Excellent. And... Um, and that was through my one of my cousins who worked with the human human services. services at the time, and she put that opportunity to us. It was right. one of the few times, like years after, it was just about gone. That's gone. It's that opportunity, it's sort of thing. That's right. So we uh, obviously were overjoyed about it, mm-hmm. and we met the most wonderful foster ladies that had looked mm-hmm. after many young kids at the time, yep. and. Uh, and Brett became our son. Right. And uh, he's turned out to be a fantastic kid. He'd be 40 now, wouldn't he, or 35? Oh, Brett's about 35, and uh, 35, he's yeah. married. And he's only just had another baby. His dear wife has oh, just had a, another baby the, the other day. So. Yeah, right. But, um, and that was wonderful. And then three years later, uh, we had the opportunity of another one. Mm-hmm. And um, so, boy, girl. Yep. And they're both married. Mm-hmm. Uh, to lovely partners, mm. and mm. they're doing well. Well, obviously they're doing well because of the care you and your wife took. It's not easy, is it? Um, just with bringing children up. Yeah, it's it can be it, you have tough times, I suppose. Mm. But um, I, I didn't find it too hard. Probably it may, may, may have been that I've given Colin all the work, but right. <laughs> But then again, oh, look, you know, they can be stubborn little buggers, and, yeah, but that's all yeah. part of growing up. Growing up. And right. I see it the second time round with grandkids, and uh, right. you see that, that you're a bit smarter the second time round, so outside them a bit. Yeah, you know the old I'll story, try to. don't you? You don't have to keep them home overnight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Although we back. do have a bit of that, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've but it's all good. unpaid babysitters these days, don't child people? That's right. Yeah, there That's seems the to be a bit of that going on. Well, it's pretty expensive getting childcare. Yeah. All right. So, what? What's happening to your career in the public service? Nothing. It just went. It just nothing. Went, it went on and on. I got a couple of promotions here and there, and yeah. Uh, yeah. eventually, uh, uh, that sort of it, it folded up. And um, anyway, then I was out of work for a while. So what did you do? Did you do the 55 retirement or did you, no, you couldn't no, stop me to get to 50? How old no, I didn't you get to you, then. How old were you when you retired? Oh, I was about 40. 40. What, you just had enough? No, no, we were, we were virtually being folded up as a department, so right. there was a bit of... Uh, so anyway... I so what, your department was privatised or just folded into another department? It was... Uh, no, it just folded. 
right. folded. It was called Department of the Interior at the time. Right, right. And it just folded. But and what, uh, you'd, you'd given 20 years loyal, or 24 years loyal service or something, and that was it? They showed you the door, did they? Oh, uh, virtually. you like, we had the opportunity to um, uh, have people looking for work for us and so right. forth. Right, And that all came good enough. I, was, I wasn't long out of a job. Right. Um, I did work for one of the um, privatised electrical firms. Right. And Getting back to your job, you, know, yeah. you did this job for over 20 years. Was, yeah. was, I mean, it's hard to envisage. You, well, you took the... Training or tram or car to work or every day? Mainly train. Train? Just what? what you want put, sat at a desk, did you? Uh, yes, yeah, sat at a desk and at the same time there was uh, properties we needed to inspect because right. we had them uh, rented out with um, one particular place was called Western Avenue Tullamarine where right. they had the, uh, the houses that were there were about to be demolished for extensions for... Uh, for the runways right, and, right, and that right. type of thing and we, I looked after an area called with the Department of Defence I looked after all their grazing properties and so forth and uh, right. the work wasn't it was probably a bit monotonous and things but, um, hmm. well, but you had kids at home and had kids at home but I, it was good to have a change and I became the property manager for as I say this electrical firm and um I stayed only there for three years because uh, it turned out that we had to sell the property, so I didn't have much to do after that, so oh, I got shown right. the door. So these, these were the properties that the electrical firms picked up when they were bought. When That's they right. There was a lot of substations that yeah. uh, the SEC had in those days, yeah. and I think yeah. they've made a fatal error in selling those. And right. So well, why do you say that? Well, I think that they had, uh, they had substations in some pretty good spots, and... Um, I think with the, the population coming on, that uh, it was always they were built for for further population to get rid of them. You're uh, kidding! You're, you're telling me the SEC had the foresight to actually create substations for an increasing population. I can only think that's what they put them for. Therefore, that's yeah. extraordinary, isn't it? And then then it was privatised and it was sold off. Sold off as quick as yeah. quick as. And now yeah. we're having trouble managing. Well, does it surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise me at all. But no. I, mean, I mean, you know, this is people think you know the old is well, totally inefficient. You know, that's why it was sold off. Well, that's what I thought, I suppose. But yeah. then again, I suppose at the time yeah. they just about broke, weren't they? So the government. Oh no, no, that's what they said they were. That's they what said, they said. They yeah. said they were broke. Come yeah. on, come on. How can you be broke? In well, a I'm going to go on what, what they said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How can you be broke in a country like this? It was a beautiful excuse to privatise everything. It was bargain basement sale. Yeah. Bucking basement, so. Yeah. so what happened after that? After three years, you had nothing else to sell. That's right, and uh, so I, I was out the door. And um, What, you were showing the door again? Well, I actually went for unfair dismissal because they advertised my job and it was exactly the same job that they gave me. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, Peter. I'm a little bit concerned here, Peter. Right. You do a good job, you sell off all the shit for them, make a heap of money for them, and they, what were you doing? Were you creating waves or something? No, they're virtually saying they didn't really need me, and they probably didn't. But they still needed someone. But they, right. but they provided the uh, the same job description word for word. Right. And how did that go? That unfair dismissal claim. Uh, waste of time. Waste of time. Yeah. So you went through the the right channels, and nothing happened. Yep. Okay. Was Basically. that disappointing? Oh, look, I, th- I thought I'd be fun to test them out anyway, but, uh, right. you know, right. if you want to go to uh, the Supreme Courts and all that sort yeah. of thing... You haven't got the money. Nobody no, has. no. 
So that didn't really worry me. But so I just did uh, odds and ends jobs, and um, I spent even six months in a nursing home right. clean because I just want to keep me yep. head in the door. And right. well, the kids would have been now been pretty expensive because they'd be going to high school, wouldn't they? You'd be in your mid forties. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. My son went to Mentone Grammar, and mm. Mm. fortunately, my wife had a bit of work there. Right. And so she got subsidised a bit for. Brett right. to go there, yeah. and uh, Lauren just uh, she went to the local Catholic school, yeah. which I know she didn't like, and uh, she was pretty keen to get out. But mm, a bit uh, like you. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the nursing home was a funny place, I must admit. Well, why was it a funny place? What year were you working in the nursing home? Oh, did you get me a bit there? Nineties the um, or 2000s? yeah, it would have been not in the nineties, Joe. Yeah, that's supposed to be all right. Then what happened? Um. Um, there were some. They were, they were a funny group of people. You, oh, know, right. you can imagine. They, or the residents, aged. or the staff, or both. Oh well, I, I won't talk about the staff so much. <laughs> but one of the residents, one funny part was a, a lady was um, she was turning a hundred. All oh, right, yeah, and, yeah, that's uh, good. And they couldn't get her out of bed, and she right. wouldn't rise, and right. and um, she wasn't. Dead, had all the family she? there, and yeah. I was sort of cleaning yeah. cleaning around, right, and right. Uh, anyway. Someone brought in the so-called Broniode letter from the Queen oh, yeah, yeah. to sort of say, guess what? You know, guess what the yeah. Queen has actually sent her you birthday greetings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she raised herself up against the two pillows and she said, well, you can tell the Queen to go and get stuffed. <laughs> Good on her. Wasn't that Good lovely? On, that's wonderful. Brought the house down. Good on her. So, Good on her. I, mean, I had a friend who died who was 100 uh, last year and... Um, You've got to go get an interview now with the local politician, local federal member. So they, her daughter and her son-in-law son drag her up there. And he said, oh, you must have had a wonderful life. She says, no, it was a fucking terrible life she carries on. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he said, you must be so pleased to get to get this letter from the uh, Queen. She says, no, nah, I'm a Republican. Can't stand the woman. And that's the same. You, you saw it in real life. I it's, did. It's, it's, well, what do you expect working people to say at the end of a hard life, you know, that they've been pushed around and exploited all their lives and they get a, a teller and they get a letter from the Queen because oh, they've reached 100. <laughs> I mean, it's ludicrous. Uh, yeah. oh, it's totally ludicrous. So, so how long did you um, bumble along in these part-time jobs? Uh, a couple of years and then... Um as you say, it's not not what you know; it's who you know. Yep, yep. And um, I was I picked up a a couple of years in a uh, government department with what they call CRS, Commonwealth Rehabilitation Services. Services. Yep, yep. And that was in a property role, so you know, it's back in the back yep. in the loop well, type of thing. Property again? No, well, that was virtually um, you know, leases for where we operated through right. the suburbs and so forth right. of that nature. But it got me in the loop, and but. I can't, I can't, the number of people that would tell you you'd never get a full-time job again, sort of thing. Mm. And I thought to myself, and I applied and applied and applied and applied and... This was the... This is, this is because I was only working, uh, This is the beginning of the 21st century, isn't it? Casually, yeah. 15, 18 years ago. Yeah. And you were what? You are at the peak of your... I was about... Physical prowess. I was about intellectual prowess. 47 or something like that. Yeah. And, and you thought, oh, this is bullshit. Well, I always thought, well... You know? It sort of gave me a, a bit of impetus to... Mm-hmm. So, well, yep. I will get one. And so what happened? Well, then the penny dropped that how many <laughs> jobs you need, you only need one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
And so they I did get one, right. and uh, the number of offers that I got after that, yeah. you wouldn't believe. Right. <laughs> Knocked back. But um, anyway, I did get a job, and mm. uh, I've been there for the last 15 years. And 15 years. Whilst it's pretty full time, pretty, pretty full on, yeah. um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Are you happy to talk about it or not? Are you prefer to talk about the job? It's a property management job, right. and it's with a large organisation. So, so what do you do? Um, well, I maintain the facilities of these places right. and uh, and the residents of some of these people that live in right. outlying areas. Right. Um, right. So, so is this a privately owned, state-owned Commonwealth? State-owned. State-owned. Have you seen much change in the last 15 years in terms of the uh, service delivery in this area? Um, I see that uh, we've probably we've, we've had to add more on there's been more additions to what I've had to do right, more. from the time I started to what it is now. Right. And it's continuing all the way through. And I think You're not working for the prison system. You're getting close. I'm getting close. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's not many expanding there's not much public sectors. There's not many expanding public sectors. That's very right. <laughs> yes. So I think you know where I'm going. I from. think you know where you're, Yeah, look, I won't push you, mate. You're still That's working, right. and obviously you are... You do hope to retire one day without a knife in your back. So well, we'll leave it at yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose that's that's where I'm coming from, and that's why I probably wanted to use this forum because. Yeah, right. um, Tell us what, what do you want to use? Tell us. Well, and I know there's not a lot of time. I won't. We got plenty of time. On. Okay. Plenty of time. Well, it's my old man. He was a he was a real uh, he, he he served with. Place called Osnham House. I don't yeah. know if you remember them in North yes, Melbourne. Yes, I remember Osnham House. Yes, and St Vincent de Paul's, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. he was very big in. You know, they, were, they assisted with people buying him rent, assisting people and uh, shelters and food and all that type of thing. And mm. whilst I didn't, I didn't take much notice of it. Um, I did. It was a bit like a the penny dropped, or someone told me I had to, I had to do something because I saw a saw a young lady and she was in just a Terrible state, and mm-hmm. she was just outside the the old where the first casino was built, yep. the temporary one. Yep. And I sort of walked past her, and then I went back, and I th- thought, "Do you need a hand?" Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I. What year was this? She was about ninety-seven. Right. Okay. And uh, anyway, she was a, she was a wreck. But uh, anyway, I'll, it turned out I looked after her for about three years. What do you mean you looked after her? Just with anything. Mm. You know, she'd call up, she might need money, she might need food, she mm. might need this, mm. even though she's a partner. But mm. he was uh, he was on the mm. second stuff. And, mm. Um, mm. So what made you do this? What was in, in you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It was like... I mean, you, you, I was, you, I wasn't, you're married, you've got two kids. Yeah, you, I know. You've got a job and you've taken on this extra responsibility. Yeah, well, I didn't even tell my wife at the time, but mm. later on she met her and, and that type of thing. But mm. but I used to call her my Amy Winehurst. Wine, Winehurst, yeah. Winehurst, yeah. Um, mm. because she had the, this mm. addiction with mm. the casino. She did all her dough right. that day. She saw me. Yeah. The, the whole lot in one hit, yeah. 30 grand. Yep, yep. And, um, and yeah. as she'd say, she'd never do it again, never do it again. And kept going, and, uh, kept going. She had white line fever once she got in. Yeah. And I remember once she rang me up at about three in the morning and uh, where are you? She said, I'm in the casino. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, uh, how long have you been in there? Uh, she said, oh, Can't since remember. Tuesday. Since Tuesday, yeah. Well, that was Monday. Mm, mm. She'd been in there for six days. Yep, yep, six days. Just smoking and, and yeah, drinking yeah. coffee. And yeah. this is after she banned herself. Yep, yep. And, uh, and I was part of that process for her. Mm, mm. And so I went and got her and... Mm. I asked the bloke who was on the thing, you know, surely you must recognise these people that are there, mm. that have been banned. Mm. And he said, no, nah, we, we, we wouldn't be able it. to do that. And I, yeah. I went in there, Joe, and there were 17 people in the casino at the time. 17. This is the big casino. Yeah, yeah. 17. 17. Yep. And there's Anna. Mm. Took it back on. Mm. But... Um, they sort of started a bit of a, a process, I, I suppose, that after that um, I, I was relieved when she finally um, didn't need help anymore. Oh, that's excellent. Yep. And I, I felt very relieved. but mm, It's a big responsibility for anybody. Yeah, well, it wasn't long after that uh, someone else needed a bit of help too. Mm. So. What happened? Uh, it was just a local ass up at the fruit shop and she was a lovely girl mm. and um anyway, just you couldn't you couldn't help but like that sort of thing and mm. even though in those days because you know she was from from Asia and mm. uh anyway she went through a a, a nasty divorce with a with a mm. bloke and she was mm. trying to keep her life out here no. and she did a tremendous amount of work to get her whole family out mm-hmm. and opened up shops so mm. like, I just basically assisted. I helped helped her in the bakery shop mm-hmm. uh, for a few times, and uh, but she did it tremendously tough. Mm. Um, even had a fellow that was making the bread so much so that uh, she could only keep him by keeping him at home, and he lived in the garden shed. Right. Would you believe? Yeah, I know. No, I've seen you know? this before. Yeah. And uh, it was a it woke me up. Yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. So, so, so how's that how's that affecting you now? What, um, what are you doing now? Well, I'm still doing it, but I'm actually I've got someone else. She's she's okay now, but um, she remarried, married a, a mm. wonderful fella, mm. and uh, so what you're taking one case on at a time? Would you describe it as that? Yeah, off your own bat. Well, I just sort of fell into that. Right. They just they just happened. It happens. Do you think you got a calling, or were you just? Oh, look, most people look. Let's, be, let's be brutal, Peter. Let's be brutal. Most people just walk away. You put a few dollars in the in a hat if you have to, and you, you'd walk away. I mean, why yeah. are you taking this on? I don't know. You know some bloke said to me mm. when I spoke to him about it, he said, oh, you must feel proud about yourself. And I said, well, I don't really. No. I just feel it's like a bit of a work in progress. It's mm. not that hard. Mm. Financially, it's cost me a bit, mm. but... Um, but still, you know, you I've had a pretty good life. Yeah. But are you worried that people in distress may make accusations about you or anything like that? You don't worry about those type of things? How do you mean that, Joe? Well, you know, you're helping them, but they may, may have issues and they may make accusations that you're exploiting them or something like that. Do people, no. People, it's never never crossed your mind? Nothing like that? Because that's what, that's what put most people off, which makes you different, Peter. The fact that, you know, you think, oh, I want to help this person, but, you know, what if, what if, what oh, if, yeah. what if. Yeah. You don't think about what if. No, I just think that uh, if you can do something, do it. Right. 
Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's it's for everyone because there's no. this it keeps me pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've actually got someone at the moment that I've been looking after for mm-hmm. probably about six years now. Six years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can and you say much about them or what the issues are? Uh, the Amy Winehouse, mm. her brother, mm. Mm. Um, referred uh, two cousins on to me. Mm. Um, right. They'd come out to Australia and wanted to, to live here. Yep. But they basically couldn't speak a word, a word of English. Right. So I helped them through the, to get their, they call it their L's or something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their yeah. learning sort of thing. Their learning thing, yeah. And then it just sort of went on from there. From there. And uh, I put one of them through the ACU, mm-hmm. through nursing school. Yep. And she's a brilliant scholar, mm-hmm. and she's got through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put them through. I've uh, moved them, moved them a heap of times. Right. And uh, I've leased, leased premises, shops, and stuff for them. So. Right. They're now running running a modest business, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the girls has got. Two young kids through IVF mm-hmm. and got their uncle and auntie out, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. eventually they'll progress and they'll be right. Right, and then I'll put me feet up. Right, but what? What? This is it. This is your retirement one, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. But, but you've yeah. been what this almost two decades now. Two decades you've been doing this. Yeah. How many people do you have assisted during that time frame? Uh. Well, I always like to drop a coin in the, the, the poor buggers that are sitting right. in the gutters and so yeah, forth yeah, like that. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, Joe. If you occasionally I've given them fifty or a hundred, and uh, mm. you should see the you should people sort of say that they're they're bullshit, and mm. I don't believe that. You might you'll get some, of course you will. But Very small percentage. Well, you humiliate yourself for a few bucks. Exactly. Street, exactly. Know, you know. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I had a, I had a sobering experience. Uh, it was about, what, six or seven years ago. I was running as Lord Mayor, and I was giving my speech outside the Melbourne Town Hall, and this bloke said, I said, what? And he, he says, give me a tenner. So I gave him a tenner, never expecting to see that tenner back. Now, this bloke was right down on his heels. Three years later, I was in the city, and this bloke taps me on the shoulder. He says, here's the tenner. I needed it on that day. Gave it back. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Because... That's what people are worried about. They're all worried about being scammed or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Yeah. And they harden themselves to doing something practical on the spot. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw a mate of mine once, and he's a bit of a joker, of course, but yeah. uh, that was years ago, and he wanted to know. Someone was asked, can you give me a tram fare at home? Yeah. And poor old Barry pulled out a $100 note. He said, you got change? <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit rank. That is very rank. What um, what drives you into this direction? I mean, this is not normal behaviour in inverted commas, you know. These are not people who are part of your community or your family network or a religious network. No. What drives you to do this? I don't have a real religion. No. Well, you do. You do have a real religion helping people. Yeah, but insofar as... Irrespective of the race, gender, you know, you you help people. Well, probably what I'm here for is Mm. just to use this as a bit of a forum to sort of say, look... You know, you can find time and you can, you don't have to make a real big effort and it, mm. it makes, it makes something happen insofar as that there's so many lives and 
if you look at it, and I don't look at it this way so much, but I do see the outcome, that the number of people that are coming out here, and uh, you look at it in the next 30 or 40 years, with their kids and their kids and their kids, that um, they've got the opportunity that they deserve. And really, from not a great deal of effort from me. Might sound like it, but it's not. It's, not it's just like well, business no, as trust. usual. It's about trust. It's about yeah. trust. About you trusting people and they trusting you. Yeah. I mean, for example, the interesting uh, thing happening yesterday, where the government announced that they would actually, actually put youth workers in police stations. Mm. They should have done that years ago. Of course. Yeah. Years ago. Simple things. I mean, yeah. criminalise kids. And they will become criminals. Of course. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, 85% go back in again or something, don't they? Something like that, yeah. yeah. So you got any plans for the future? Um, uh, when I retire, I'd like to write a book. Right. And, uh, you any good at writing? No, uh, I haven't written before, but... Um, You've kept notes? I have. Good. That's, that's the have. base of your book, is those notes? But my book would be... I've got a name for the book. What's the name? Well, do you want to tell us? Because maybe somebody will steal it, mate. You never know. No, who's they wouldn't. Listening. They wouldn't. What's, what's the name of the book? It's called God's Pantomime. God's Pantomime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bit, a bit ironical there. But I've it? always had, as I said to one of these people that I'm yeah. looking after, I said, yeah. I've always had this thing that when I write it, then I'm history. That's when I cark it. Right. Right. So, so maybe you'll uh, never write it. You'll get well, as one of the smart ones said to me, yeah. she said, what are you just ended up with to be continued? Well, you know, I think you found the secret of life. But to be useful. To be productive and to be useful to other people. Well, well, I think well it is. I mean, you took on two kids who weren't your own, you and your wife. They've grown up. That was a template for you to move into the community and do positive things. And uh, it's great to actually um, meet somebody who is in, in, you know, able to do that and is willing to do it. Because that's the key. A lot of people think about it, but they think mm. about all the negatives. They never think about the positives. And you're, so you're telling me there's more positives than negatives. Oh, yeah. And look, um, and I, I know you probably haven't got much time there, Joe, yeah. but I must, I must add that someone gave me a book one day mm. and, uh, and it helped me a lot. What was the book? And it was a book called The Wisdom Man. Right. I don't know if you've ever read no, it. No, no. You, you want to read it. What's it about? And it's about a bloke called Banjo Clark. Oh, good old Banjo. Banjo Clark. Yeah. And he's a, it was an ex Fitzroy resident. Yes, yes. And I actually went down and had a look at his house today. Did you? His old house, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still up? In Kerr Street, yeah. yeah. What number? 2046. I bet you the residents don't know. No, nah, next door neighbour didn't know because I said, would you mind me taking a photo? Uh-huh. And they said, well, what, what for? for? Uh-huh. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Well, she obviously didn't know. No, it doesn't matter. No, it's, it's public space. But he was a he was a wonderful man, and mm. if you read if you read that book, and right. you know we talk about our old prime minister. I often refer to Malcolm Fraser with his yeah. life wasn't meant to be easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, the two of them they turned out to be turned out to be pretty good, and he he describes him. I could read it out to you if you had time. Well, no, no, we've got a minute, mate. We've got one minute left. Right, I won't read it out. But no, no, no. Well, so he versus, he versus it's the Wisdom Man, Banjo Clark. Yeah. And obviously you'll find it in libraries. You'll find it there. Because you won't, you won't great, find it in... Yeah. in but he, he described him as the most forgiving man, the most kindest man, the most loved man. Mm. That's pretty good from a bloke like Malcolm. 
Oh, it is. They turn out a good fellow anyway. Yeah, well, that's what Malcolm Fraser said about him, Benjamin yeah. Clark. Oh, excellent. But him and a fellow called that I met once, Yep. finally when I went to Uluru and mm-hmm. loved every minute of that. Who was that? Uh, it was, I met a bloke called Owen who was the, uh, mm-hmm. he's on the, um, the board there, yep. board of management. Yep. And we had a great time mm-hmm. for about an hour or so. And then the one thing I did ask him, because he, he used to, we met in the swimming pool mm-hmm. and it's, he said, I like to just talk to the people. Right. And he asked me if there was anything he thought was missing and I said, well, the only thing I would have liked to have heard was something about dream time. Excellent. And he said, look, there's a fellow here that you might be able to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name's Cathy Uluru. Right, right. And I found him in the pub one day. Yes. And, and when we met, it was just, we just embraced. Embraced. Excellent. And it was terrific. And mm. I felt like Malcolm Fraser and uh, <laughs> Jack Clark. Clark. Well, Peter, Peter Ogle, thank you very much for coming to the studio. Thank you for sharing our lo- your life with us and hopefully... You'll encourage other people to take that first step. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Joe.